the mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. We're going to do an update on this week's segment of Mule Talk. We brought back the Lone Horseman, and this cowboy has traveled across America on his horse. His name is Larry Sarver. Welcome back, Larry. Thank you, Cindy. How was your week? Well, busy. Mules make yeah. life interesting. You know that. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have a few long years ourselves. So we have, yeah. Listen, uh, I know you're in Vermont. You're working on a ranch. And uh, so give me an update. So what's what's going on? Well, basically, because of this virus thing, we came out of quarantine. We had to quarantine ourselves. And in the meantime, we found a 31-foot travel trailer to live in. So we've got that set up and fixing that up. Uh, for us for the summer and maybe beyond, who knows? Then uh, we're getting ready to start camping out with the children there at the uh, at the uh, farm and uh, do trail rides and everything. Okay, so you're no longer in quarantine, so you're able to move around and work there. But what about? Are there any outside guests that come in? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, they, we have a we have a, a site in that where they can they can uh, schedule you know a ride or whatever they want. And so we have uh, uh, things uh, that we know are going to be happening in that, like, uh, oh, I can't say the word, reservations and that sort of stuff. So when they reserve everything, we know what's coming in and, and we, you know, let them know. And if they cancel, well, then that's a different situation. But Okay. Give me an idea of what your day is like. I mean... Well, actually, first get up, got to have the coffee, got to have breakfast. There you go. And that, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah well, kind of, sort of, you know. And then uh, pick it up and we'll go run through and uh, feed the animals and not make sure they're ready and figure out what we have to do for the day. We need to fix any fences. We didn't have a few that like to jump fences and sometimes walk through them. So we got to take care of that. Uh, we also have the farm equipment that needs repair. So we got to look at that. Uh, vehicles too. Um, general maintenance around the place. Uh, you know, all kinds of things to do around a working farm. Now, weather-wise, what what do you endure as far as the weather right now? Well, right now, it's not too bad. A little overcast now, but it is warmish. It's like 70 degrees today, so it's pretty nice. Uh, pretty nice day for where we're at. Um, and uh, they were expecting some rain. Uh, I haven't seen much of it, though, so that may or may not happen. Well, we're actually looking at warmer weather here from now on from what they're saying to the weather forecast. Okay. So do you experience a lot of storm activity this time of year? Uh, basically, get ready for haying. We have uh, a lot of acreage that we hay, and that plus the fact that we also have our clients coming in, you know, for uh, lessons or, uh, you know, trail rides going out. Uh, we have to work with the farrier when we bring him in to, to uh, take care of the horse's feet, the host. And uh, trim them all up, and then we, so of course, we have to do some vet care ourselves and stuff if it's needed. And then we also have other animals too around there, like uh, chickens, and we collect the eggs, and we have geese that we're raising, and we have sheep, and so all kinds of things going on. Oh, wow. Tell me more about when you were in quarantine. Well, we pretty much stayed in quarantine. We were kind of camping in the arena in that way for everybody, so that was good. Uh, we did that, and uh, we actually set up a tent, stayed in there for a while, and then we migrated to the uh, uh, milk room where we had a uh, chair on a sofa, so we were actually able to go in there and 
feel a little bit more warm and comfortable. But other than that, we're out of that now because we have, like I said, we have the uh, travel trailer that we, we pulled in and got that set up. Do you feel like a gypsy? I mean, it, it just didn't feel like home, did it? Well, yeah, we're, we, we've been traveling around and stuff and uh, doing things like a gypsy, yeah, maybe to a point. I mean, I was at first, I mean, when I was single, you know, I was traveling with my horses in that. Then I got a truck with a camper on the back and the horse trailer. We, I traveled with them and do it. But as far as um, the first part where I actually traveled by horseback, it was just me, me and the horse and a tent and that and whatever we could. Uh, you know, set up, and that's how we did that. But a little later on, like I said, I got the truck because I got more uh, people wanting me to do things. So I thought it was easier to, to haul my horses with a truck in the camper than it was to try to ride everywhere. Okay, so you said that you set up a tent inside the arena. Right. What was that like? I guess did, did you have a cot inside the tent? And we uh, we got a we got an air mattress that we put in the t- in the tent. And we use that, you know, to sleep on. Uh, and uh, that's how we did that in the tent. Um, the first night that we were so tired, we just put our sleeping bags out on the ground inside the tent. And we pretty much just went to sleep. <laughs> did you have a heater? Um, well, no, I don't have a camper. The, I have this, we just got the travel trailer, which is a 31-foot travel trailer. I guess you could call it a camper, but... When I started out with the truck and that, I had a sliding camper on the back of that that I used that I got an actually from some people who were actually throwing it away. And I said, I could use it. They said, come get it. So I went up there and slid on the back of my pickup truck. And I lived in that for a while while I was traveling around doing horses and things. Okay. So while you were staying inside your tent in the arena, how did you stay warm? I imagine it got pretty cool at night. Well, you know, you got two people in there. You know, you kind of stay warm with each other. Uh, but also, I had a small, uh, had a full, small propane uh, heater net that I used. Uh, and of course, I kept this open on the tent so we could get fresh air. We didn't get asphyxiated by coming on outside. Okay. Now, when we first talked during the first interview, you said that your journey began in 1998. Well, like I said, it kind of actually started before that, way back in the 70s when me and Joan and Red and we all kind of started off talking about going across the country and that was doing a horse and wagon situation and I was going to ride point on a horse. And then like I said, things happened where, you know, Joan got killed and then we, um, you know, turned things around a little bit and uh, I, I, you know, took my horse and that and decided to just go ahead and do it. And that's when I took off in earnest in 98. But it actually started way beyond that, you know, planning stages and all. Right, right, yeah, because this really takes some some planning and some thought. I know you started on the East Coast. So how far west did you travel on your horse? Oh, I, I went to Florence, Oregon in that. But once I got towards the South Dakotas and that, I literally had no, no, um, no coverage at all. So there's not a whole lot of record, per se, that I have to do pictures, but... Other than that, there's no interviews or anything like that. Nobody really cared if you were traveling by horse once I got past the Dakotas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I understand that. Well, that's amazing that, that you made it from the East Coast all the way to Oregon. I mean, that's quite a trek. Then I turned around and came back, too, you know. Oh, my gosh. Larry. I came, 
I was turned around and came back to South Dakota where I stayed in Wyoming, South Dakota for about four or five years. And then, then I picked up from there and started, uh, um, I went down to Texas from there, worked horses down there. And then I went back to Pennsylvania, back to South Dakota, then back to Vermont. And then I've been down to Georgia, back to Missouri, South, South Dakota. I've been around a bit, you know, pretty much uh, working horses now around the area. Okay. Yeah. And then you still have that same horse that you first started out with? No, Connie, Connie's long gone. She uh, somehow or other got a, uh, uh, I don't know, a bruise or infection or something off of one of her uh, uh, knees and that. And uh, she never really was able to, uh, never really able to get it cleaned up and that. So we pretty much put it up pasture and uh, that's where she was out her life out there. She was, wasn't doing too bad. I mean, it, she wasn't sound or riding or anything because of that uh, uh, problem and that. But uh, she she was okay. You know, I mean, she wasn't really suffering or anything. So, you know. So how, how old was she? I mean, she had a good life. I mean, a long life. Well, when I first met her, I think she was like maybe three years old, maybe at the most. And then I worked with her for about a year and that. And then we took off. And when finally I let the rancher have her, you know, so he could take care of her and that, she was pushing, I don't know, she was pushing eight or nine probably at that point. Okay. So, I mean, she lived up into her late 20s, right? Or I would think so. I would, I would, I would almost hope she would. She had a good life, I would think, anyway. Yeah. Okay. But Connie, Connie was a great horse, though. She's following me anywhere. She wouldn't, she would actually protect my things, like I said before. She was, uh, she would be there for me if I went to a store and she'd stand there and wait for me. And I would get out of the store, I'd like whistle for her, and she, she knew I was coming. And she'd be standing there waiting for me. And uh, she never strayed from me, really. When we were even camping in that, we, you know, we had an incident where she actually, her lead line or pigeon line or whatever got got broke. And she never she never strayed from me. She stayed right around me. That really is a good horse. Um, yeah, she was, yeah. So you're writing your book, uh, Traveling America by Horseback. So tell oh, me, yeah. tell me about your book, Traveling America by Horseback. Well, I pretty much got the first part done. Um, I know you kind of read it, you liked it. Just a matter of me getting with a publisher, getting it published, and uh, I kind of want to look it over again. I might rearrange a few things in it, but I'm not sure. But I do have the second part also kind of written. And I've got more pictures, I believe, to go with the second part than I do the first part. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a matter of time. And as I get time, you know, here from doing what i got to do and take the time, you know, to be able to sit down and concentrate and put the thoughts down and everything the way that, you know, I want them to be laid out, you know, so people need to get the uh, interest and the idea of what was actually going on. You know, Larry, this is so exciting because um, your book when it's done, will really help people to understand freedom and what it's all about to travel on a horse, you know, from coast to coast or just head off and, you know, make a life of what you want to do. I just can't wait to, to read the whole thing because people are interested in stories like that, especially now since this COVID-19 really has you know, just made a big shift in our lives. Yeah. So this is, this is all amazing. I mean, you're an amazing guy 
And you have such a good skill set because, you know, you can work around the horses and the mules and all that. So, okay, so tell me a little bit more about what what you'll be doing. Well, we'll be um, working uh, at the farm and that, doing, you know, working with the animals. I've got some to train. I've got to teach them to drive. Uh, I've got a pair of half-wingers I, I want. They want me to teach to drive, so I get to give them to them and start doing them. We have children come in that don't know hardly anything about horses, and we show them things. Uh, oh, that's good. hands-on experience. That is good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we give them a hands-on experience about brushing and handling and possibly saddling, if they can handle a saddle, um, you know, putting off there and stuff. We do have minis, too, that the smaller kids and that can work with. Uh, we also teach them to drive, you know, if they want to learn that. We teach, them not, we teach them not to be afraid. We teach them to understand that they're bigger than the animal is, you know, and the animal has to listen to them. Um, that takes a little doing sometimes, but they finally get the idea. Uh, we have summer camps and that for the kids. We take them out and, and uh, do a camp with them. Uh, I don't see other people do. I stay around the barn, the farms and that and do things there. Uh, but, uh, but it's all, it's all there. I'm all pretty much part of it in more ways than one. Great. Great. So that's really neat that you have a youth program for the kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a program for the kids and that, uh, summer camp, um, where they take actually put drums for a week in that, where we introduce them to the horses and, uh, do things with them in the arena, have fun, uh, do some book learning kind of things, um, take them out on trail rides, and then at the end of the week in that, we take them out for an overnight little camping excursion with the horses and bring them back. Tell me, what is really important to you right now? Well, I'm just hoping that everybody's being safe out there with this COVID-19 thing going on, because uh, uh, I know we're trying to keep as safe as we can. You know, wearing masks and be safe and that, keeping a distance is always a good thing. Uh, you know, we're trying to do what we, you know, can to be safe. I haven't really seen anybody that has been, you know, sick with it, but I've heard of a few. But anyway, um, I'm just hoping everybody does, you know, keep in mind, you know, the, the be safe and uh, be aware of what's going on around them. And especially with the horses and that. Oh, and the animals and mules, too. Always keep it in the middle. All right, Larry. Um, well, thanks for taking the time out to uh, be on the podcast again. And I do want to keep updated because um, you're just, you're everywhere. I want to keep you, keep us updated on what you're doing, okay? I will. I'll let you know, Cindy. We'll, we'll keep in touch with that and uh, let you know what's the next development going on here. Okay. All right. If we get rid of the travel restrictions, maybe people will want to come over, you know, and, uh, and uh, see Breakaway Farm or Green Mountain Mules and experience uh, being there, you know, and, and the animals and and the, the lifestyle that we live. I would think so because people are getting bored with just staying at home and they need to live. Well, yep. thanks for the yep. invite. All right, Cindy, you're welcome. We'll talk to you later and be safe. Yeah, you too, Larry. Thank you. Goodbye. Green Mountain Mules is on Facebook and they're located in Grand Isle, Vermont. You can contact them at 802 238 6448. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. Oh, 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 oh,